direct from Anaheim. It's blindbargains.com coverage of CSUN 2020. Brought to you by AFB Access World. For the latest news and accessibility information on mainstream and access technology, Apple, Google, Microsoft, and Amazon offerings, access technology book reviews and mobile apps, and how they can enhance entertainment, education, and employment, log on to Access World, the American Foundation for the Blind's free monthly online technology magazine, www.afb.org. Now, here's JJ Meadow. CSUN 2020 in the hallway outside the exhibit hall where I have found Troy Otilio, or he found me, or something to that effect, <laughs> new CEO of IRA, and here to talk about all things past, present, future with IRA. Welcome to the podcast, Troy. Thanks, JJ. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here at CSUN. It's uh, what my fifth year, right? Yeah. And uh, a little bit different this year, and also important because as the new CEO, I'm here to like share, I'm here to listen. And at the same time, we can't ignore that there's not as many people here and there's like a worldwide event going on. So, but I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. So let's talk a bit about you. Um, You are the new CEO, but you're not new to IRA. So tell everyone a little bit about uh, what you've done with the company in the past. Sure. So I'm proud to say that I've been with IRA since the beginning. Um, Simon and I knew each other at Intuit. In fact, um, we worked on a couple projects. And because I had a background in startups, um, when he was contemplating Ira, you know, he would consult with me on this, this idea. And he got so passionate about it. And he asked me one day, he's like, what do you think I should do? And two, it's a great company. Should I leave and go pursue this dream? And I told him, you, you can't close that door now. It's you. You've got to go find out if, if this is your mission. And of course it was. Lo and behold, I found myself at Ira, both as an investor to begin with, because I just thought it was an awesome idea and something you know I I believed in and I believed in Simon, and then I couldn't you know I had to go I had to do more and I, you know I have a background in leadership and technology and I decided to leave into it in part because I wanted to go pursue something even more passionate, and so I left in part because my oldest daughter went off to college so I had the time to go you know spend the hours and hours at our startup, and I've been here since the very beginning, kind of. Not as public, but really the guy in the background helping scale the agent services, leading our access sales effort, and you know in the day-to-day of everything. And I love Ira. I love our you know I love our agents. I love the the mission we're on, and I'm now excited to play the most you know perhaps the most important role of my life as CEO of Ira. And we'll talk about some of these new initiatives yeah. that you're doing in just a minute. But let's talk about the investment. Recently, there's been a bit of transition. Uh, you have decided to uh, invest even more in, in IRA, I believe, yeah. and obviously showing a, a commitment to the future of the platform. So wh- what did you see in that? And uh, Yeah, sure. Um, so it's, it's publicly out there. You know, IRA has raised uh, $35 million from venture capitalists, and that's awesome. They, they saw the vision that Simon had, and they've been along with us the whole time. At the same time, when you're a, a venture-backed company, you know, you're looking to grow at a hyper rate. And what I could see was that the, that hyper rate was very expensive. And what I see instead, and I think that the group I'm with sees, is that we want to see IRA around for 25 years. Um, we want to see it here f- for a long time. And to really support that company, we need, to, we need to run it a little more, I call it pragmatically, with all the passion. And so the idea was to kind of reset a bit of the mission or the approach to just run a little a little more sustainably, a little more pragmatically, 
And with that, um, while we're not making a lot of significant changes, and we'll talk about one of them, Horizon, but we're here to like figure out and look ahead more in a, you know, a multi-year view instead of like how can we grow hyper fast in the next year. Yeah, I told some people towards the beginning that I think Ira at some point was doing the, uh, the dartboard approach and throwing out 50 different ideas to kind of see what sticks. And it seems like now you're trying to get a bit more focus on the core and what works the most, right? And I think if you look at a lot of startups, the ideas that you have, you know, you throw out a lot of darts and exactly what you said, you, you've got to go with the ones that stick instead of the ones that maybe were your idea or that you just were sure were going to work. And you kind of have to follow where that market leads you, especially as you get bigger. I mean, Ira was founded on, I mean, Saman, I think the whole company did a great job of not just bringing in technology and saying, hey, this is great, you should use it. It was really about, frankly, listening and doing you know, hundreds and thousands of hours of, of work, listening to customers, prototyping. And I think what we've arrived at is where our customers vote with two things. They vote with, you know, there's free IRA, there's paid IRA, but they vote with their calls. Like, what are they calling for? Why are they calling? We have that data and I know what that is. We know what that is. And it's really about that agent experience. And they also vote with their wallet for you know, the paid portions of IRA, whether it's Horizon or whether it's subscription. So we listen and we follow where that you know, activity is going. And so um, with this new approach at IRA, you know, we're gonna continue that pragmatic approach. We're gonna listen to our customers and we're gonna follow where they, you know, where they lead and where our ideas and imagination can kind of lead them to new places. Yeah. Yeah, how do you find that that balance of staying viable yet also you know supporting customers, agents, everybody else in the field? I, I know you've gone through some transition. Mm -hmm. uh, some people you know were let go recently. You know, there's been a lot of transition, and so how, what do you do to ensure the viability? Where does the uh, is the money going to be mostly from corporate or from users? Or I, I think it's combined. I mean, so our agents are paid, right? They're professionals. Yes. This is their job. They love, they wake up every day. They, they love their job. I mean, I, you know, for the users who work with our agents, and I'm assuming mostly these are Ira folks that may be listening to this podcast, um, they feel your love and I, and, and sometimes your disappointment when there's those cases where a session doesn't work out and they, they, they grow from that. And so, um, how do we make those things sustainable? Well, I think it's a, um, it's a multi-pronged approach. So, Certainly, there's users who want a lot more from IRA and, you know, are in an economic position to pay more for those extra services. And we want to keep offering the right value for the money that they can afford to pay. And we'll continue to evolve, like, those kind of uh, capabilities. At the same time, we know that corporations and, you know, whether they're corporations or governments, they want to engage this audience they want to demonstrate inclusion. They want to connect with this audience, and we're giving them a way to do that, and that's unique, right? And I'm, yeah. we're very proud of that, and very proud of a lot of our sponsors, whether it's Intuit or Vespero or Bank America or Target, and I can go on, and I hate to not list one of the 150 <laughs> access partners. Um, and so I think it's a combined, you know, a combined contribution to help this grow into something that is increasingly affordable for everyone. And I really appreciate everyone who is contributing their time and money to help us grow. So I think we continue doing what we're doing, but let's stay on track on what, what features capabilities users want to pay for. Let's keep on track with growing this access uh, network, which takes not just IRA, but the advocacy of everyone who's, um, you know, not just using IRA, but I think we're here at CSUN. And I think the more products that are out there, 
that are illustrating the, the benefits and, and maybe sometimes the needs around accessibility, I think that helps everyone because it's in part, in my opinion, awareness that um, still needs to grow in this larger audience of, of, of the United States and outside of the United States. It seems like there are definitely some corporate partners that are finding value in this. Target keeps expanding their yeah. IRA presence and now that it's in every single store and you're doing more transit pilots and yep. city pilots in Milwaukee being one of the latest. It seems like that's been working out really well. Yeah, and I think uh, we're just getting started. I mean, with, with roughly 150 access partners, some of those are employers. Many of them are folks you mentioned, either transportation, retail, banking. What we're finding is there are early adopters in those markets who see the value and, and are embracing early. And then what we find is in some of those markets, as you turn on one, two, or more of the same, you know, in a, in a vertical. So let's take, uh, you know, Target and, and let's say Walgreens, you know, is still very early. There's a lot more folks in the, um, in the retail space to go. You know, we have no fast food really to speak of. We, there's, there's markets we haven't even penetrated. And then if you look at transportation, boy, airports, early on it was a difficult sell. It took a long time because it's a new product and it's not in anyone's budget. Now airports are signing up in part just because they've seen that our other airports get the benefit and it's an easy decision for them. So I think it's about we're, we're in early days and... You know, we need the collective support of industry. We need the collective support of the users, to, you know, who advocate and share and kind of really bring to light the benefit that everyone's getting. So you mentioned that data, and right now the interaction is pretty much 100% uh, humanated, you know, with, yeah. with, the, with an agent. Um, but, of course, with the advancements in AI, there's a lot of potential in a lot of different areas to perhaps supplement that. And, you know, you're collecting a, a lot of data and yeah. info on what are the most common requests, things like that. How can you, are you looking to leverage some of that data to perhaps create a blended experience that sometimes is human interaction, uh, sometimes is perhaps, you know, automated tools or things like that? Or what are you thinking about in that direction? Nice setup. Um, so first off, anyone who knows me knows I'm kind of a data geek. Um, I just, I find data fascinating and it's not the be all end all, but with data, you can do a lot of things. And of course, AI is built on data and I'm going to talk about more, but first I just want to start with privacy and security and just to be very clear I mean our biggest asset and that I think the the brand and the value we're creating is about trust I mean, there's right. a lot of services out there and they're all great and there's use for all of them but what our customers I think are finding is that we have agents that are trained and they they there's there's trust and with trust you can do a lot and and we're getting data as a side effect of that trust and we use it for operations but you know we really explicitly wrote our privacy policy and we will re we'll continue to evolve it. And, I'll, and I just want to be clear with all, all the users, we will always be thinking about privacy and what is appropriate. And if we ever ask for more data or to share more, we'll be very explicit. There will be an opt-in. So I just know there's a lot of concerns always about privacy and someone who used to work at TurboTax. Um, and a lot of us came from Intuit. We're, you know, we just are built in with that like passion for security and privacy. So with that said, yeah, what are we doing with AI? Can we reduce the cost of service with AI? Can we improve the, you know, the, the outcomes with our service with data and AI? And the answer is yes. So today we leverage our, our data quite heavily in our operations, everything from determining how many agents to schedule in an hour to determining 
you know, how our agents are performing, where do we need to invest in training, where is our technology fragile. Um, it's one reason, um, you know, when I looked at Horizon, it wasn't just a, a guess at, you know, is it meeting the IRA bar, but, you know, we could clearly see how that system is operating. As it relates to AI, I think it's a great time to be in the market. I think if you look at all companies, they're looking how do they leverage AI, but to use and leverage AI, you need data. And Ira's data rich relative to other systems that are just collecting clicks from a website, right? We've got rich interaction and we're using that data, frankly, right now to optimize internal processes. And I think you'll see over time, um, we'll, we'll uh, expose some of those as automated features, as ways that perhaps um, route your call and I don't want to give away too much because, you know, it's a roadmap item and maybe that's another interview we could have. Sure. Yeah. So lots to unpack here and a few different directions I want to go, yeah. uh, but let's come back to the privacy uh, stuff for just yeah. a second. There has been uh, questions that have come in from users and, uh, and others. Yep. Um, one of them related to the site access program, which enables the use of IRA in a lot of public locations, the New York MTA. Mass Transit Authority yep. enables free IRA everywhere. So not only are you getting the interaction between the agent and the explorer, you're getting a lots of other bystanders who probably didn't really opt into anything that's happened to be there. How can you find that balance to ensure the privacy of others while maintaining the experience for the agent and the explorer? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, we all know this is an evolving topic, right? There's a uh, there's cameras everywhere, right? And not just cameras mounted and monitored by a place like the MTA, like we all are running around with a camera. We all have a phone. And I think if you think about the origin of IRA, right? Like the origin of IRA was Google Glass. And if you think about Google Glass, you know, Google launched that and it was like a phenomenon and then it was a flop. And why was it a flop? Because society didn't like the idea of some people filming everywhere. And, you know, I don't think IRA is gonna set the standard, but I think we can help influence the standard. And this is a long way of saying, I think we're still trying to figure out what that correct balance is and you know what the rights are. We have, a, you know, we consult our attorneys and we consult others. And I think more partnership is needed with more companies to kind of decide what is appropriate. Cause you're right, those are, you know, security, privacy, quality, personalization, those all come into play and um, and I guess it's one way of saying like we're, we're, we're still in that development phase. So maybe not the answer that, you know, definitive, but I'm just going to say we're going to do right by our customers and we're going to do right by, you know, what's required by law. And we're going to do what's in the best interest of our access partners who are supporting that. But it's going to come with customer first. It's always going to be what does the Explorer need, want, and what's appropriate. Did I hear correctly there was a specific uh, situation regarding uh, TSA checkpoints of the New York airports? Boy, I'm not an expert on this. I can tell you that we, I, I know certain explorers um, use IRA through a TSA checkpoint. I know uh, sometimes TSA asks for the equipment to be turned off. Um, I wish I had a better answer. I just know that it's often situational. I know that there's different policies even in internationally, whether it's Australia, New Zealand, you know, security comes first. So, you know, if security requires that the, uh, IRA service isn't used in a certain area, um, that's what's going to happen. Sure. Yeah. Although it's, it's fun. I've heard a couple of agents talk about joking, being pushed. <laughs> they get to watch the camera go through the 
Oh, interesting. The belt. Oh, well, yeah. I, um, yeah, it's facing up. It's going through the x-ray. Yeah. yeah. Who knows what it sees. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a good one. One more thing on privacy before yeah. we move towards uh, some other stuff. Uh, there's been a lot of questions around uh, the uh, the recordings. I mean, lots and lots of companies make recordings yeah. of calls um, for quality control yep. and, and training. Of course, you guys do the same thing. Yep. There is a pretty buried option in the terms and condition that explorers can opt out of those on a per-call basis, but to this point, there's no way for users to have access to their own recordings. Yes. What's, wh- is there reasoning for that, and is that something that could be changed in the future? That's certainly something that could be changed in the future, and um, we were very cautious when we started IREC because we know we're collecting information and data, and really where we opted was to be very conservative about how we use that those videos, right? So some of those videos are, you know, in, in people's homes. Some of them are in public places. And so the idea was, no, this is for quality control and in an anonymized fashion, if we can build AI features off it to reduce the cost of service, make it better, you know, we're going to do that too. And so, but right now they're being used to ensure that our agents are doing, giving the best service they can. It allows us to come back and review when we get feedback that they're not. It allows us to go back and even identify where agents are, you know, pro- providing extraordinary service. So we use it today in, in quality control. I've had a lot of users ask for their sessions, and we have a blanket policy right now, and it's in our um, privacy policy as well. That you know, here's what we do with your data. Here's how we share it, and and we do not provide access uh, to the videos. And that could be something that could change, but if we did, we'd be very explicit about it and we'd be very clear and deliberate and slow to kind of share that. And I do understand the need and some of the value. There's also the unknown unknown. What happens if there's, you know, a flood of IRA videos out there? Like, what's the policy? Who decides, you know, which ones are appropriate? And so all those questions have to be answered before we can, you know, think about something different. Is a global opt-out a possibility for users? So that's something that we've talked about. I mean, a lot of, um, you know, today, just in case anyone doesn't know, you can ask on any session, hey, agent, um, you wouldn't say hey, agent, you know the agent's name. Right. You would, you would ask, like, um, I, I prefer this session, don't, you know, please don't record, um, and, and off you go. And so it makes sense to have a more convenient model where um, you would have a setting perhaps in your app. We just don't have that today, and that's something we're looking at. Okay. So let's, uh, you alluded a bit to Horizon, and of course, there's been some changes in that uh, realm. So recap what the current situation is and how we got to this point with uh, Horizon. Yeah. Okay. I'll start with the short version, and then we'll go with the, uh, the long version. I'll get um, some popcorn. We're good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the short version is, as we announced in an email and then follow-up calls to Horizon owners um, in person, that we're discontinuing Horizon, the last call uh, on Horizon we made at the end of the month. And so what that means to users is, you know, they, they were contacted and they were given options, uh, you know, depending on if they purchased or they were given the Horizon for free. Um, uh, and so, and that's all taken place, but the last call will take place on, on the 30th. And for people who have the equipment, you know, we're, you, you can, re- it's theirs, right? Whether yeah. you, you can, sell the phone, you can mount it on the wall, um, you can uh, go to your local provider and turn it into a functioning phone tied to a data plan. It's, it's yours. I think what we found is that this setup still hasn't met the IRA standard, um, which is to say, uh, I might have alluded to this before, 
we, we monitor, you talk about data, we look at how many calls people are making with Horizon, we look at the feedback we get through tech support, we talk to people, some even at CSUN today, and what we found is that it didn't meet the bar, and then the, the really killer problem is we need to be able to update that phone, we need to be able to update the software so that we can evolve the service and make it better, and we just, we, we couldn't do it, and you know, my, it was my call, and, and apologies to those who are inconvenienced or you know otherwise this is frustrating. My commitment is we're going to eventually find that the industry produces a solution that is easy to use, you know, has a camera, has audio, has easy to use connectivity, battery life, all the all the great stuff. And and when that day comes, and maybe there's something that we found here at CSUN today, well, or or maybe there's something around the corner. We will deploy IRA on that. Um, you know, our commitment is to put IRA everywhere it makes sense, so that it's convenient to call, it's easy to use. The longer story, just for fun, just like just to remember, mm -hmm. we've been at this five years. IRA started on Google Glass. We went to Austria, and through this journey, we found all the friction points and looked to eliminate them. Horizon was our next attempt, but I can say that, you know, that we're still not there yet. The industry isn't there. We're not there yet, but we will be there when you know, the conditions are right. It sounds to me that you felt the gap between Horizon, the discontinuing of Horizon, and when the next solution would come along is, was too long as opposed to try just to hold on to Horizon for a few months when Exactly, when something yeah, would come and it comes back to, um, as the CEO and as and, 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 and the new, perhaps, I don't want to say new mindset, but the, the operating philosophy is about passion and pragmatism. So, you know, I just could, couldn't look at the challenges our users are having, the amount of resources we are spending on this device in relation to other things that propel all the users. And you know, I just had to make that choice. And exactly that, I, there's just, we, we, we can't hang on to the solution that's not performing in the way that you know meets everyone's expectations. And so, yeah, we're at a gap. Do you happen to know about what percent of calls were Horizon calls? I can say, you know, I've shared, I've shared some details before. I would say that ultimately we saw not enough calls. It was somewhere below, you know, 20% or lower for yeah. the on aggregate. But at the same time, you know, a lot of users are probably sitting out there. There's some who were, you know, 100% Horizon and really thrilled with that experience from, because it really met their need in terms of really preferring a, you know, a hands-free experience. And so... So we saw we saw both, yeah. Sure. I wonder too because what Horizon gave you was an opportunity to sell a hardware product to the VA and government and other organizations. Where it seems like it might be more difficult to sell minutes or apps to those people. It could be. We're working with the VA. I mean, I think uh, the VAs are to serve you know their constituents, and you know I think Ira is a is a great solution. It's been proven and. You know, it's really ultimately about that service, and, and we're actively working with them to look at the solution and not just, you know, the fact it's hardware or a service. Yeah, so we'll, sure. we'll find a solution. Sure. Yeah. And it sounds like uh, you alluded to it. I mean, there are companies in the exhibit hall that actually still showed up uh, that do have smart glasses or are doing things with wearables. Do you see a potential of partnering uh, with one of them, at least as an option for users that want it's It's absolutely an option. I think... Um, you know, one reason I come to CSUN, one reason a lot of us come to CSUN is to go find those 
those new companies or existing companies. And um, yeah, we're we're actively evaluating people that are here. And as a you know a reminder to all of the explorers, I mean, you guys are very creative as a group, and there's a lot of solutions out there. You know, and I and as I put an email to the Horizon users in particular, send us your thoughts and ideas, and we'll go hunt those down. But we're also taking it upon ourselves to then reach out and talk to folks, some who are here. Yeah. Great. There's a couple specific questions that came in on Twitter when we uh, mm-hmm. put out a, a call. We had uh, someone writing in asking about the status of Ira in the UK, which I believe you had a pilot project and then uh, yeah. you temporarily left that market. Yeah. So look, we'd love to be in the UK, but we didn't get much response from access partners outside of Heathrow and Gatwick when last we attempted. You know, if I got a call from like, uh, you know, Marks and Spencers or the Metro saying they want, a, they want the tube to be an access partner, I would say likely, yes, UK, here we come. You know, so I think we're in that phase. We're, we're going to look at, we're always looking at the UK. I think um, now is a good time, you know, given that we've, you know, we don't, we don't have hardware to ship over to the UK, so it does make it a little easier. But I think the key is going to be to finding those access partners who can kind of support the journey. And so, again, I would encourage uh, anyone and who's in the UK who's listening to this to, to help us, uh, you know, get a foothold there. Why the need then for for corporate access partners? Is it just some of the, the startup funding to enter a, a new market? Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at this, um, even to, you know, Ira's a, a paid service, right? Those agents, again, are out there, you know, yep. getting paid and, 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 and they're professionals and we have a, you know, a, a service uh, that we, we have to tend to. And having partners out there are a signal to the users that this service is going to be affordable. Um, it also, you know, helps with the overall economic model. It also helps us, you know, they champion the service. And so I think we found that having access partners and free users and subscribers all together is the right mix. And so we just want to make sure that we get off on a, on a strong footing when we do enter a new market. Sure. Does uh, GDPR have anything to do with uh, Europe and are there additional considerations over there? I mean, GDPR is something we've already looked at and we've, you know, had to implement. We have users over there. Um, certainly with a larger user base, um, there's going to be potentially more requests. There's going to be more, you know, uh, activity there. But we're, we're, we're ready from a GDPR perspective. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we had also a question asking about one of those uh, features that was talked about, I think, at a convention somewhere, about having agents to perform specialized tasks, like yeah. someone that was specialized yeah. in yeah. travel or reading mail. Is that something that you're still Yeah, that's definitely on the roadmap. Um, I can say that uh, that will happen, and if we promised a date before and we didn't hit it, um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think we promised a date. I can say that we've made de- development progress on that. You know, I can share that that's definitely on the roadmap. Is it going to happen this year or next year? Uh, I wouldn't want to miss set expectations, but it's something we've heard a lot from customers and back to the way we operate as we listen to our customers and then we, you know, provide creative solutions and we implement and yeah we're, we're I'm, I'm excited about that potential for sure sure you got a lot of traction with the uh, the free five minute call offer yep did that ultimately help you gain traction is that something you would have still done today maybe because you it seems like you could almost turn some paid users into free users that were you know if, if all your calls fall under a few minutes or you fit under one of the promotional offers is that going to be still an ongoing thing that you're going to continue for the foreseeable future yeah I mean um I'm again going to apply the lens of pragmatism, but I can tell you what is great about the five-minute free call. So, like a lot of services out there, the paywall doesn't, you know, you don't hit the paywall 
before you to, to enable the service. Like you can use Spotify for yep. free, right? I All used month. to be a, I and I love Pandora, I love Spotify. But I used to be a Pandora user. But if someone would have said, "Hey, pay, you know, to use Spotify," I would say I'm happy with Pandora. Um, but it was free, so I used it, and you know, I found it was valuable. And then I didn't want the ads anymore, so personally, I pay, right? So that there's a, that kind of um, paywalls a little later. What we found with Ira is it's still new, and it takes it takes multiple calls before people really most people get comfortable. They understand for themselves what Ira means, and so the five minute free is one way just to allow people to use it in a limited way. Let's say. Um, and maybe that's enough, right? That's great because not everyone can afford or has the need, perhaps, to, to use more. And we got access partners for that anyway. So 5-Minute Free is really there to allow people to, to try it in a way that's convenient, continue to use it. And it also helps with the larger picture of, of access. So um, brands want to, you know, really deliver diversity, inclusion, and a better experience. And the more folks who are using Ira means that they deliver that, you know, they deliver more value. So free customers are great. I mean, they really, again, back to this bigger picture, the more as an industry, we can illuminate like the benefits of accessibility, of access, of diversity, inclusion, the more I think you'll find all of, you know, the economy, all of, um, more people will invest their time, energy, and support here. And so free is just another way to kind of raise awareness to get more usage, to get more access partners. And frankly, part of the mission of IRA is to be sustainable and to deliver you know, this, this critical information. It's not about how to grow this great empire. It's really the mission of delivering information uh, on demand. Yeah. And finding a way to do it and, yeah. and stay in business. I mean, it, yeah. yeah, they all kind of all go they together. They all come together. Absolutely. Yeah. Sir, uh, before we go, which is, we'll expand how you like to talk about the big picture and I think that's important to do so let's uh, talk about where you you know I don't want to do the cliche where do you yeah. see yourself in five years but you know looking ahead the next year or two I mean I know you can't tell me your entire roadmap yeah. but where, where do you see Ira going and what type of direction compared to where it's been in the past well in the past we've boy, we've done a lot um, you know we started very small did a lot of iterating on the product and then ramped up to where we are today and along the way we tried a lot of things some were very successful some didn't yield the results over the next year I'm really going to be playing more or less the the strategy of expanding our service to our core constituency improving even beyond what we have today as a awesome Asian experience but making sure that that's scalable reliable um, meeting the needs of our users while adding incrementally new capabilities. So nothing exciting or super dramatic, I think, in the next year. I think it's just deliver what we already have, incrementally improve, and then coming out of that, we'll be set up to then look at investing in, you know, bigger leaps. Um, you mentioned call routing. Like, um, there's a lot of things that we have that we know will provide value. and finding out what that next thing is is what we'll be doing in the next six months to decide what that next big evolution of IRA is. Yeah, Great. Definitely appreciate you taking time and uh, talking to us today. And, Thanks, uh, JJ. I'm pretty sure everyone knows, but just in case, uh, go ahead and give the website contact information. Yeah, so IRA is simple. It's www.ira.io, and that's A-I-R-A dot I-O. 
Great. Thank you so much, Troy. All right. Take care. See you guys. For more exclusive audio coverage, visit blindbargains.com or download the Blind Bargains app for your iOS or Android device. Blind Bargains audio coverage is presented by the AT Guys online at atguys.com. This has been another Blind Bargains audio podcast. Visit blindbargains.com for the latest deals, news, and exclusive content. This podcast may not be retransmitted, sold, or reproduced without the express written permission of AT Guys. Copyright 2020.